Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, and I have Jackson Collier, JC Hoops, with me. He's the guy. He is the Arkansas basketball guy to follow, to listen to, and I'm very pleased to have him with me on this podcast throughout basketball season covering this Arkansas basketball team, which is so fun. We have a lot to get to on today's episode. Since the last time we talked to you, Devo Davis made his return to the team. Nick Smith Jr. has started two games. Looks incredible. We're going to talk about the Mitchell twins, Makai. He's going off. We're going to talk about Arkansas's game against UNC Greensboro. And we're going to look ahead to the game against Oklahoma. We got a lot to get to this team. Um, just a lot of fun to watch. So we're going to get to all that. And you're going to get to hear from JC Hoops and myself throughout the episode. Make sure you visit hogbeat.com. This podcast is part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network. And uh, we have also the Gridiron Hogs podcast. We had that throughout football season. Uh, fan favorite Diamond Hogs podcast, which is the number one Arkansas baseball podcast. We have that coming in the spring. I know a lot of you are looking forward to that. We already have people asking if we're going to do it again. Yes, myself and Robert Stewart, we will be doing it again. But for now, you're stuck with myself and Jackson on the Hardwood Hogs podcast. And for all of our written content, go to hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. All right, this podcast is sponsored by Dead Soxy. We are very, very, very pleased to have Dead Soxy on as a sponsor. Uh, it's it's socks made out of Dallas, Texas. Incredible, incredible socks. I And I don't say this like this is weird, you know, like socks, what the heck. They sent me socks, and I wear them every single day because they are that good. They sent me dress socks. They sent me long socks. They sent me ankle socks. All of them amazing. They're so comfortable. They're very high quality. And they got a lot of cool designs as well. So for the listeners of our podcast, we have a deal for you. If you're thinking about last-minute stocking stuffers, you're thinking about gifts for people, Dead Soxy, they have you and people's feet covered. Go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, and use code HOGS, H-A-W-G-S, HOGS, and you get 30% off and free shipping on all your orders, no minimum, this deal is not available to the general public. This is only for subscribers to hogbeat.com and listeners of the Hardwood Hogs podcast. So go take advantage of it to get some of those Christmas gifts for the people you love. Once again, deadsoxy.com, code hogs, H-A-W-G-S. That'll get you 30% off and free shipping on all your orders. Thank you to Dead Soxy for sponsoring the Hardwood Hogs podcast. All right, Jackson, so you've had two exams during the last two games so uh but you've gone back you've studied the tape you've listened to the press conferences you've read every single word that I have written about this team I know you have and uh what do you think after two two starts from Nick Smith Jr. man Nick is I mean he is what we thought he was going to be you know I mean he put up 22 points last night against UNC Greensboro he had what 16 uh the game before that um you know, he was one for five from three last game, but uh, or last night, but uh, game before that, you know, he was what three for five, three for four. He's an efficient player. Um, he sh he shot north of fifty percent from the field last night. Very emotional in his game. Very fluid in his in his movement. Um, high energy, high effort. Just a really fun player to watch. 
and immensely, immensely talented. I mean, exactly what we thought he was going to be. He he spaces the floor. He's an outside shooter. He can attack the rim. He he truly is one of the most gifted three-level scorers in the country. Um, I said that when he was a recruit, before he committed to Arkansas, reiterated it after he committed to Arkansas. And then now I'll go ahead and say it again, as far as draft prospects go, as far as young guards go in, in the uh, college ranks, you know, he's one of the most gifted three-level scorers in the game right now. And, you know, you you have a team that played really well in Maui without him, um, that played really well for however many games before he got back, and you insert him in the starting lineup. And, you know, there was a, a little bit of a hiccup last night. It wasn't the best game ever, but you insert one of the best scoring threats in college basketball, and you're still seeing the chemistry. He gets along well with the team. Um, he is very much invested in the team's success. We saw that when he was on the bench too. He was he was cheering for for all of his teammates. He was very much involved in the success of, of the team, the ebbs and flows of the game from the bench. And you see that when he's on the court too, making plays. And and he's very emotional. He's very invested, and it, he's he just really is a joy to watch. And he's just so so good. Yeah, I think it was always unfair of all those people who were just assuming that Nick Smith Jr. wasn't going to play a game in the Arkansas uniform and it had nothing to do with injury. Like that, I think that was unfair to Nick. I think that a lot of people just assumed, well, hey, he cares more about, you know, his draft stock than he does playing at Arkansas. And you see now that this means something to him. He said after the San Jose State game that, like, he came here to win a national championship. He said that it, it's been a dream for him to play for the Arkansas Razorbacks. So you can see it. You talked about the emotion, a very, very emotional player. Um, he was getting frustrated against UNC Greensboro, as was most of the Arkansas team. This was a, a game where you could tell there was frustration from Arkansas because, you know, you go into that game knowing that you're better than that team, but you're struggling against them. That That brings out frustration. And so Arkansas ended up winning it 65 to 58, but it was not pretty. They shot just 33% from the field. Uh, the offense in the first half was just, it wasn't existent. Um, and then they, they had, so they had 12 turnovers in the game. I'm pretty sure nine of them came in the first half. So they really figured things out in the second half. They tried to get to the line more. That's Makai Mitchell said going into the game, their goal was to get to the free throw line 25 times. They got there 33 times. 27 of those came in the second half. Nick Smith had 11 of those in the second half. He hit nine free throws. So it was huge. They, they This team, and this is a, a, a credit to Eric Musselman and the coaching staff, the adjustments made at halftime and even in game are just incredible. And that we've seen that, you know, with Musselman through three seasons now. But he, I mean, just the ability to see what you're getting from another team and then say, hey, here's our new game plan. Go and do it. And for the players to do it, this team is just so good at doing that. And Eric Musselman is a coach that's incredible at figuring out how can how can we fix things in game to get this win. And they did against UNC Greensboro. You're going to see it a lot more throughout the season. But that's just that's incredible, Jackson. And and you saw a guy, Nick Smith, who was able to, you know, take it to heart and then go get to the line 11 times. I mean, this dude, I mean, Nick Smith Jr., he's so fun to watch. He just is. And there were a couple plays where he he grabbed the rebound and he just took the ball, you know, dead sprint down the court and just laid it in on his own. Like 
it, it seemed like the simplest play, but both of those were just incredible. There was the one there down the stretch where, you know, he walked off to the side and got the crowd into it. There was a play where he was driving against, I can't even remember who it was, but he was driving against a guy, uh, drew a foul, and he just like looked to the student section and said, he can't guard me. And so this is the kind of player that you want to have at Arkansas. This team has a lot of emotion, and they're very, very fun to watch. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, going back to Nick just a little bit, too, I mean, I, I could talk about Nick all day. He's he's fantastic. And, you know, looking at those those full-court drives, I mean, he gets downhill. One of, one of the most underrated parts of his game is how fast he is with the ball in his hand. Um, that was one thing that jumped out of me when he was playing, um, I guess it was two summers ago when he was still on the circuit before he committed to Arkansas. Um, man, he is so, so fast in the open court and and the ability to use that speed and also have great vision, just feel for the game to be able to navigate, you know, one of those, I think was like a one-on-three fast break, um, or he just grabbed the board and went full court and like, Defense wasn't all the way back yet, so he was just kind of weaving in and out and finished at the rim, drew a foul. It's super impressive. And just going back and talking about game plans, too, I mean, Musselman has been successful in the college ranks for many reasons. He's a great recruiter. He is very motivational. I mean, we see his pregame speeches that get the guys going and stuff like that, but I think it's very clear the biggest reason is he is one of the best like pure basketball minds and coaches in in the game. I mean, the ability to make in-game adjustments, um, just the sheer knowledge of his scheme, um, the the intensity he gets his guys to play with and all that sort of stuff, it, it can't be uh understated or overstated. Like it is it is incredible. Um, you look at any sort of game, he will he will play the entire first half or a majority of the first half with his game plan, and it might work. He'll make some adjustments in the first half, really dive into things at halftime, and he will find either one or two matchups that he really likes in the second half and absolutely drive that point home, and he will exploit it. I mean, we've seen that time in, uh, time and time again uh, in his tenure at Arkansas, and it looked like last night that was giving it to Nick Smith, getting to the free throw line, giving it to Makai down low, like, that that was the adjustment that needed to happen was getting to the free throw line and attacking inside the paint, and Arkansas did that and and ran and didn't run away with it, but they were down five at half and ended up still winning by seven. So you take that anytime. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, last thing on Nick Smith, he played thirty nine minutes against UNC Greensboro. So uh, he goes from playing six minutes his first game, which he didn't even really consider his first game. Then he plays 24, I think it was, against San Jose State. And now he plays 39. So I put in my takeaway story. This is a a little sneak peek into a premium story over at hogby.com. One of my takeaways was Nick Smith Jr. is full go. Like, he is back 100% after that game. Uh, That is great for Arkansas. What is not great for Arkansas is Trevin Brazil went down with an injury, looked bad, um, went down, was grabbing the knee, was on the court, Makai Mitchell said that he was scared. Like, he he just straight up was like, I was scared. And uh, the good thing was is that Trevor Brazil was, you know, he didn't – he went into the locker room. He had to be helped off the court. Uh, he was able to walk back to the bench after uh, after halftime. And I, I wasn't listening, but I saw people saying that the, the TV broadcast was saying that Trevor Brazil should be okay. 
Uh, it shouldn't be like a a, a long term injury. But Eric Musselman didn't have a whole lot to provide. He said that you know he's going to get an MRI today on Wednesday, and then they'll go from there. That's a guy that you cannot afford to have out for a long period of time. He's your sixth man. He's an incredible scorer. His defense has been coming along. He, you cannot afford to not have Trevor in Brazil for a long time, Jackson. No, you can't. And you know he's he's kind of the the Eric Musselman type of sixth man who's like he's sixth man because he comes off the bench, but he plays starter minutes. You know he's like like JD Note when he won sixth man of the year a couple years back. Like he is every bit a starter as anybody else, just based on minutes played, impact on the game, all that sort of stuff. And and you know his ability he's a freak athlete he can block shots at the rim uh he grabs rebounds he can space the floor on offense too which this team i mean looking at last night they were three of 18 from outside the arc that's just a hair under 17 percent and you have a guy like trevin brazil who on the season was shooting i think he went into the game shooting around 34 percent from outside so i mean he he can space the floor he's been hitting shots from outside and on top of that, you know, just another inside presence of 6'10", 6'11", forward with over seven-foot wingspan, who is an athletic freak, who can get out in the open court, who provides so much offensively and defensively. He He's a guy that really does make a massive impact on this team that you don't, you don't want to lose anybody to injury. You don't want anybody to step away from the team for personal reasons like Devo did, unless they absolutely have to. Like this team, even though there is so much talent, every cog in the wheel it has its specified purpose and that every piece is very important. So anytime you're down a Nick Smith, you're down a Devo Davis, now you might be down a Trevin Brazil, it's going to make you adjust and you're not going to be – as strong as you would be in the, with the whole roster. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he is absent for a couple games or uh, even an extended period of time, hopefully not. But depending on how long he is out, it's going to be interesting to see how the rotation changes because then you're down someone who plays a ton of minutes. Who's going to fill those minutes? Um, you know, Makai Mitchell has been starting at the five. Um and you have Jordan Walsh starting at the four, but as far as bringing in Brazil's that sixth man role, you're looking at, you know, do you bring in Jalen Graham? Do you bring in Mikel Mitchell? Do you go for a smaller lineup or like what exactly does Musselman want to do there? Um, he doesn't have a ton of time to figure that out with a tough test against Oklahoma coming up. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see. Hopefully Brazil is okay. Hopefully it's not going to be an extended ab absence, but um it's going to be really, really interesting to see. And, you know, it's going to be tough to figure out that that rotation and everything. Yeah, no, uh, it's going to be difficult. You know, I think that the starting five of Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., Ricky Council, Jordan Walsh, and Makai Mitchell, I think you're good there. Um, I think that's a solid starting five. If you're talking about sixth man, I think it's probably going to be Devo Davis right now. But if if you want a guy to fill in that Trevin Brazil role, I think they, they I mean they tried to get Jalen Graham to do it uh, last night. They brought him in. It, it was the earliest he action he's seen all season, if I'm if I'm correct. And I I mean they were trying to get the ball to him. It just wasn't really working out. You know they they attempted to put him in there and see what would happen. Uh, the Jalen Graham thing is still. I think they're trying to work out the kinks with that. Very, very talented scorer, but you got to get him to play every single, um, you know, aspect of the game as good as he does scoring, and that's difficult. So, um, Jalen Graham, though, 
a great piece to have. And, you know, if Trevor Brazil is going to be out for an extended, extended period of time, he is a guy who's going to play more minutes. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Kamani Johnson played a good amount of minutes as well. Um, so it's tough. I think, you know, if he is going to be out for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and speculate, but you know, you have, you have some time right now because you have a few more non-conference games left and then SEC play starts. You you would like to have him for SEC play, but you know, as Eric Musselman said, MRI today, we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know what it's like right now. So just go from there. Uh, I want to talk about Makai Mitchell because Makai Mitchell is my guy. Uh, I I designated him as my guy before the season started. I think it was I think it was the Rogers State game when I was like, okay, Makai Mitchell is my guy. Um, I put it on the board, and there are other people who can confirm that Makai Mitchell is Mason's guy. Double double against UNC Greensboro, thirteen points, fourteen rebounds. He had four blocks and he had two steals. This dude is a very very valuable player. He also played the most minutes he's played all season. I think his brother Mikel is really good too. But Makai, I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best defender on the team, Jackson. He just is. And he and he 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 was so aggressive in the paint last night. He, I mean, he can cause problems for opposing teams. I'll be curious to see how he does when you get into SEC play. You're playing some, you know, stronger, bigger guys. But as of now, Makai Mitchell, especially against UNC Greensboro, a very, very key piece to this team, Jackson. Absolutely. And yeah, I'll kind of echo a couple of things you said. Absolute beast on the boards. Um, I've been high on both the Mitchell twins ever since, um, you know, it was rumored they might be coming to Arkansas when I was running the transfer portal big board on uh, Hogbeat. Um, for those who don't know, every single season we run a transfer portal big board for basketball. So if you're interested in keeping up with the transfer portal, it's my plug for it right now. So be, be sure to subscribe and, and keep in tune with all that. But real, um, real quick, real quick. Also, this is a basketball podcast, but football, Riley McFerrin is killing it with the transfer portal for football. I mean, just you will not find better transfer portal coverage for any team anywhere than what we have at hogbeat.com. Riley is just killing it. It's incredible. I mean, he's he's the Jackson Collier of the football transfer portal. That's what people are saying. So, anyways, I'll let you go, Jackson. Yeah, so I've been high on the Mitchell Twins for a long time. Um, man, and Makai is even playing better than I thought he would. He's playing a bigger role than I thought he would this early. I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing with this whole team though. I didn't expect the team to gel this early. I didn't expect the chemistry to be this, this strong this early. Obviously they didn't play all that great last night, but you look at the guy, I didn't expect Anthony Black to be playing this well this early. Ricky Council, um, I kind of expected Nick Smith to be going for 16 and 22, but like, all these pieces coming together and playing as well as they have so early in the season was just not on my radar. I was thinking, Oh, this is how they'll look come conference play. And, you know, we're still not even there yet. So it's kind of scary to think how good this team can be, but going back to Makai, really, really good rebounder, strong paint presence. One thing I really appreciate about him or two things, really, he can switch off and he can guard on the perimeter and he can guard on the perimeter fairly well I mean he can switch down to the three if need be uh depending on matchup and you know he's pretty confident in being able to do that also when he's guarding his own position inside the paint he does a really good job of defending without fouling he had four blocks last night and only had two personal fouls in 32 minutes of play playing time 
That is pretty remarkable. You can say, oh, it's Greensboro. I don't care. If you're playing 32 minutes, you block four shots, you only foul twice, and you're playing, you're you're banging in the post and all that sort of stuff, you're doing something right. That says you have really good body control. You have really good instincts in the post. It, it's great. And then also, on the offensive side of things, you know, when I was watching his film, when he, when he and his twin brother committed to Arkansas, I was sitting here thinking, you know, Makai is somebody they can use to – potentially space the floor a little bit. He can be a rim runner. And he has, I mean, he caught an alley-oop last night. He can run the rim a little bit. But his low post offense, he has legitimate post moves, and he is better in the low post offense than I gave him credit for. So kudos to him for all that. Makai Mitchell is just a really, really solid option at the five and just playing out of his mind right now and really hoping it continues through through better competition, through conference play and stuff, and especially this weekend against Oklahoma. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, he, he he's doing it against these teams. And, you know, UNC Greensboro, a good team. They had some big guys. But how's it how's it going to transition over to SEC play? We'll have to see, wait and see on that. Like you said, Oklahoma, you know, a good test this weekend on Saturday. Uh, but Makai Mitchell so far, incredible. I think Mikel, you know, come SEC play, when you are playing those bigger, stronger guys, he will get in some more as well. Because uh, you need a guy like him. He's a big, strong guy. He, you know, limits the mistakes. Um, he just plays his role well. And that's what Makai's doing as well. I think he was a little bit more aggressive offensively against Greensboro, which was good to see because, you know, his shots were falling for the most part. So I like Makai Mitchell. I think that he's a great basketball player. I think that he provides uh, a little bit more of that emotion to this team as well, you know. Um, kind of like Nick Smith, Makai plays with a little bit of emotion. So, uh you talked about how Arkansas was three for 18 from three against Greensboro. Two of those threes came from Anthony Black. He's shooting 40% from three this year, Jackson. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. The first time I saw Anthony Black take a three, I was like, okay, this guy's not a three-point shooter. That's not what he's going to do. But here we are, and, like, I'm looking at it here. Let's look at three-point percentage. He's the best three-point shooter on the team so far. Um, Ricky Castle is 10 for 33 Anthony Black, 11 for 27. Brazil, 11 for 29. So is this kind of – I mean, did you expect that? So I got to give myself a little bit of credit. I did say I have been on the camp there. I thought that Anthony Black could be a good three-point shooter all year. And people people mocked me. People thought I was crazy. I said Anthony Black could be a 30 to 33% three-point shooter. Joke's on me even. He's a 40% three-point shooter right now. Obviously, it's early in the season. That could change. But I, I think there's no question that he's proven that he can space the floor. And at the very least, that is going to make defenses come out and play him more honestly. You come out and you try to – you have to put a hand in Anthony Black's face, guard him more straight up. What does that do? That gives him the opportunity to drive right by you and create for the offense because you're, you're not going to sit back. Because in Maui, teams were just letting him shoot. There, there was one game he just kept letting him rip because they let him wide open. Um, I mean – you can't do that anymore. He's he's making too many of them. That opens up so much for the offense, especially when you have Nick Smith on the floor with him now. So if you have two, you're, you're one and two, and Ricky Council, you're three, all three being legitimate outside shooting threats, and people know it, that just changes the entire complexion of the team. That makes it to where if you're if you're if you're playing off the point guard so much that that just makes it more difficult to get open shots for everybody else. It makes it more difficult to drive to the paint because they're already collapsed in, inside. 
but now you're you're having to bring guys out. I mean, if if a team chooses to uh, to keep guys packed inside, I mean, Anthony Black can keep shooting over him, I guess, if he's shooting forty percent. But um, when you when you're hitting shots like that, changes the entire complexion. Opens up everything. Opens up passing lanes. Opens up opportunities for other shooters. Opens up the inside game. All that sort of stuff. Not something I expected to him for him to shoot forty percent. Still early, might fall a bit in tougher competition, but definitely a pleasant surprise for the team. Definitely helps everything for the team, too. Yeah, Anthony Black, another guy. I mean, super fun to watch. Uh, as far as three-point shooting goes, though, so Devo Davis, you know, he he missed the game against Troy, uh, came out last Wednesday and had, had a statement saying he was back with the team. So he played the San Jose State game. He played against Greensboro. Uh, had a had a double double against Greensboro, ten points, ten rebounds, but uh, we try to ask Eric Musselman about it, and we, you know, you want to tread lightly with stuff like this, but I feel like with with Devo, I don't know if they're giving him the green light to shoot so much, but as of now, his shots just aren't really falling. Uh, he he's three of twenty three from three on the season. Uh, he's shooting thirty two percent from the field. So maybe he's just on a cold streak because we know that you know Devo he's he's not he's not an elite shooter but you know he can knock down some shots but he he's been cold this year. I'm curious from your perspective as as the basketball guy, what are you seeing from him and do you think that maybe you know they should tell him hey shoot a little bit less or do you think that there's a green light there and they want him to be shooting that much? So I think with Devo it's one of those things that it's really based on confidence because last night what you saw, you know, he was three of 13 from the field and 0 of three from three still scored 10 points was four or four from the free throw line. And some of the shots he took were decent shots. He hit a couple of his, I think two, maybe even all three of his jumpers or his field goals uh, were mid range pull-ups. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff you want to see from Devo's. You, you want to see him play that slasher role where he's, trying to finish at the rim or he's, you know, pulling up from that mid-range jump shot and any three that, that he takes, you you would hope that it's a catch and shoot open look. Um, that hasn't always been the case this year. Um, but you also want to maintain his confidence. You don't want D- Diva's kind of guy where, I, or kind of player where I don't think you want to try to limit what he is because, you know, you, it's almost like you take the, the, the good with the bad, like, and take the bad with the good the same way, whatever, however you want to say it. Like, Last night, double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, three steals, um, no assists and three turnovers and a bad field goal percentage. The rebounds are extra possessions. The steals are extra possessions. The turnovers are net negatives. The the missed field goals, not all of them are bad shots, but the missed field goals are net negatives too. So it's like, how do you want to weigh that? And also, he's a three-year starter. He's a junior leader on the team. He has a role. He's a really pretty solid defender as well. So it's really just about maintaining his confidence and hoping he gets out of some of this this cold streak. I think I think it's not just solely a cold streak. I think some of it is bad shot taking. I think some of it is a cold streak because not all the shots he takes are bad. Um, but you don't want to try to handicap him. You don't want to try to shoot down his confidence because when he is confident, we've seen him play at a really high level. And that was in the NCAA tournament as a freshman, uh, kind of spearheading the win over Texas Tech. Um, and it's been other instances of, as well. I mean, the, when when the lights are brightest, Devo shines. Um, it's just trying to get him to be more consistent in these types of games. 
Yeah, no, I I think that you mentioned in the mid range shots. You know, that's that's Devo's wheelhouse. That's where we know that Devo is good. And those, I mean, there were times you know he made some of those, but also he was taking some of those and they didn't fall. So as you mentioned, confidence thing. Uh, maybe it just wasn't his night. Still had a double double. He is a key player to this team, and uh, that I mean, there's people get mad when Devo is having a a tough time because they're like, okay, well, what is he doing? But you got to realize that Devo has been here for two seasons. This is his third. The two seasons that he's been on, been with the Arkansas Razorbacks, they made it to the Elite Eight, and he was a key part of both of those runs. And so he is a key part to this team moving forward, and he will be all season. So, uh, last thing I want to talk about Jordan Walsh. Because when I watch Jordan Walsh, I see he has it. Like he, he is just. It feels like he's just a little bit away from being, you know, that player that you want, that five star guy. You can tell that there are still a few things where he's just raw, but he has the talent, he has the ability. It's just, you know, p- putting the pieces together. And I feel like that's kind of what we get from Eric Musselman is like Jordan Walsh can be so good, but he's got to do this, that, and that. So. What do you see from Jordan? I mean, I, I, from from my perspective, like I said, I think he's just still raw, but he has such a high ceiling. Definitely a little bit of rawness still there, um, but I think a big part of it is I think, yeah, I don't want to put words or feelings in Jordan's mouth or or, or or project anything, but watching him play, it seems like some of it might be confidence and some of it might be overthinking. You know, like. If he if he goes out there, because I look, I watched Jordan Walsh as much as anybody when he was playing in the Peach Jams, when he was on the circuit and all that sort of stuff. And when he was playing in an environment where he was completely confident, completely comfortable, and and all and just knew the game, knew who he's playing with, all that sort of stuff, he was on. He was dunking on people, he was getting rebounds, he was hitting shots. And you know, he's hit some some threes this year. He scored seven points a few times. Uh and he he's he's a really good defender, and I, he's one of the better defenders on the team, especially on the perimeter. Really long, athletic. Um, just for whatever reason, something hasn't quite clicked offensively, and I don't know if it's unsure of what his role is offensively with the other pieces, um, whether it's his confidence in his offensive game or if, if it's kind of moving a little fast and he's trying to overthink the office, offensive scheme, whatever that is. But you can clearly see when you watch Jordan Walsh play, it's like he has all the tools. He has the athleticism. He has the just the talent. And, you know, he has the the work ethic and the drive to be great. You see it on the defensive end. You see it on the offensive end. He crashes the glass. He goes hard for everything he does, all that sort of stuff. I just think there there is something missing there. I, I would chalk it up to just, you know, give him some more time. Let, let him stop overthinking. Get, let him get more familiar with the system a little bit. And let him gain some confidence. And once that happens, I think we'll see another um, monster offensive player emerge uh, for this Razorback team. Yeah, Eric Musselman continues to say, like, we want him to shoot the ball more. And we've seen a couple of times where Walsh has, you know, kind of taken a shot that maybe he wouldn't have earlier on in the season. But you can tell that he's still a little hesitant to take, you know, an open three or – to drive the lane and, and, you know, he's really good at making contested shots. So I think that you're right. Maybe it's a confidence thing, but you don't want to put words in a guy's mouth. So, all right, before we wrap up, need to take care of a little bit of business. want to remind you about bet Saracen. It is the mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen casino resort. They are a partner with us at hogbeat.com. 
throughout basketball season, we'll be doing one story a week where we break down the lines, odds, player props, and specials for a Razorback basketball game. And then we'll also be putting out social media content for them as as far as a, a video goes. Maybe we'll give you some picks as well. And then also, I want to remind you about MyPerfectFranchise.net. They are a partner of Hogbeat.com. They have been for a while, and we're very, very thankful for them. Always love Andy Ledecky over at MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you are a displaced corporate executive and you want to put your career in your own hands or you want to diversify your portfolio, you need to call Andy Ledecky. He's a franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he takes that expertise and knowledge to help you find your American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call him and put your life and career in your own hands because it's a free consultation process. They'll set you up with everything. They'll help you figure out how to be successful. The number is 404-973-9901. That's Andy Ledecky at MyPerfectFranchise.net. MyPerfectFranchise.net. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. Make sure you visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. And, uh, yeah, Arkansas versus Oklahoma this Saturday in Tulsa. If you're making the trip, travel safe. And we'll talk to everybody again next Wednesday on the Hardwood Hogs podcast.